Hey everyone and welcome to Sunday Night's Main Event. We are more than just a weekly radio show. We actually have a whole network of shows that cover the entire world of professional wrestling. From Raw and SmackDown to Dynamite and Rampage to Impact to New Japan and everything in between, we've got you covered. In order to get each of these shows, you have to be a Patreon. And to join our Patreon for just $5 a month, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME radio this next show features an snme original and a legend of this brand that's dan demouth lavransky and his partner joe aguinaldo better known as the old f's they're going to be talking all things aw dynamite chat some ratings chat some wrestling talk about the old days because that's what they do best as the old f's they're going to be chatting all things AEW Dynamite. So if you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME radio. And for just $5 every month, you will get this show and many more. So without further ado, let's get to it. everybody welcome to 2023 yes 2022 whatever you thought of it good or bad it's in the rearview mirror and it's time here on all elite wrestling weekly to get back down to it for the year with the first episode of dynamite january the 4th in seattle i'm dan the mouth lavransky and joining me as always no change here joe aguinaldo as we head into the new year joe uh how are you feeling? How was your holiday? Well, first of all, happy new year, everybody. Um, holiday was good, man. I, as, as, as pathetic as this might sound, I actually didn't do a lot and I'm kind of happy about that. Um, <laughs> I, I just needed some downtime and really yep. the, like the only, uh, the only thing I really I did from an, I like, cause I work in it. The only computer thing I really did over the holiday was stare at my computer watching when I was watching Netflix. Right. So, uh, yeah, I tried. I tried to not be um, online as much. Like, look, I'm as part of the gig. I was checking in, so it's not like I wasn't not in touch with the office. But um, I did make 
a pretty concerted effort to only do it when I absolutely had to. So it was nice yeah. to get some downtime. Yeah, well, what I mean, when I go visit my mother at Christmas, she's, you know, does not have a computer, does not have the internet. So I'm I'm literally shut right down. So I'm good for like three or four days usually. I just put it all aside and take that break as well, you know. So, which is always good. Good. That's actually, you know what? I, as that, that's so weird because I would love to, like, my, my ideal vacation, right, is to uh, hit a beach with a bunch of books, like, no Wi Fi. Yeah, right. Just, just like, give me, <laughs> give me, give me some drinks, give me, like, a lawn, uh, give me a beach chair, and I'm just going to hang out by the ocean for seven yep. days. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah, so. <laughs> so true. Okay, well, let's get into this episode here because Actually, you know what? Hold on, a newsflash came up just in case. I, I thought I just mentioned this. Oh, um, I was perusing through the you know the the interwebs as once would one would, and apparently Vince McMahon is Uh-oh. making is making a play to um, become like be part of the board of directors for WWE. Really? So that instead of so instead of being the CEO, he wants to be on the board of board of directors right. and. He's apparently you now. This is this is out of the Wall Street Journal article, uh, and I found it on Bloomberg as well. I p- posted it to our Facebook page. Um, who George Berrios, I believe, is there? Yeah. He's trying to bring back as well. And really, Michelle. Oh, I forgot her name. Michelle yeah, something yeah, yeah. or other. I know like, who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the two the two that were let go, he yeah. wants them to join the board as well. So wow, yeah, I just I just read that today, and I oh. believe Greg from the Smack Daddies even posted something about it yesterday. But I was just like, whoa! And apparently the stock went up a little bit when he announced that. So, like, who knows? Oh, the, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know enough on the business end to know what he might be trying to do or whatever. I don't know. If, yeah, who knows? Yeah, Is he more yeah. protected on the board of directors? I don't know. I, I that's a thing. Like. I'm I'm not gonna get into laws and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I like, don't know I, enough I about think, it. I think from a public relations perspective, if he came back as CEO, then that would from a PR perspective, that would be massively brutal. Like I I think that would get a lot of negative attention, right? Board of directors I think it would still be a bad thing, but it's not as public as the CEO of a company because the board of directors tends to be in the background, right? I'm not saying it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that it may not bring as much heat to the WWE. But at the end of the day, him trying to make a comeback amid these sexual allegations, sexual harassment, like allegations that, you know, like that could go badly for the company i'm pretty sure you know pr for the company is kind of like like they're on pins and needles about this right and the thing is vince because he is the biggest stakeholder in the wwe like he he like you know he to to use an uh, an old seinfeld term he has hand in this so like i'm very curious to see where this goes Mm, yeah oh no absolutely and and i you know i think we all figured that uh, some sort of move was going to happen eventually, right? So obviously the play has been uh, started. The chess game is in place. So now we got to see where all the pieces land. Right. And the well, last thing too, before you get started, I, I I believe that you and I are on the free feed this week. So for all those of you who are not part of our Patreon and right. are you know checking out our show for the first time, uh, thank you very much. And uh, you know if you are interested in joining the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash SNME radio. We'll probably plug that a few times throughout the show. But uh, welcome aboard to the AEW review. Dan, yeah, take it away. It, 
Yeah, all right. That's that's uh, very cool. And there are tons of other great shows besides this one as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, this one, it's um, very simple. We just kind of run through Dynamite, uh, give you, in case you didn't get a chance to see it or don't have time to watch it, we'll give you the rundown and give our thoughts. Um, this week's show from Seattle, as I mentioned, right out of the gate, this was one, no fooling around. We're going straight to the ring with a big match. Before we start, though, Joe, a new set, new year, new set. Thoughts. Uh, I'm I'm going to give it some time, but like I didn't mind the darker lighting because I think the older set was much more red and it was brighter green. There's a lot of green. It seemed like. Yeah, I'm almost scared to tell you specifically, Dan, this because when I first saw the set, I immediately thought of Thunderdome. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Like, so. And I know how much you love the Thunderdome. So, wow. Like, but I mean, yeah. I, I got to give it some time because it, it looked like it looked OK. I'm not going to say it was horrible, but it wasn't like I was like, wow, that looks amazing. But I did like the fact that it had the darker sort of lighting compared mm-hmm. to the, yeah. the red lighting from the old set. So, I, again, I, I'm not I'm not I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I, you know, like, to be honest, with you, I didn't really notice it. You know, like I, I was I, more. I thought it was. Like it didn't, it didn't have the double entrance like it did before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't have the kind of like heels, babyface entrances like they kind of had before. It had just one main entrance. I think that looks better. I kind of like that better. Yeah, like I don't mind that, but on the other hand, right, like that has been an AEW staple, and it's almost part of the, you know, it's almost part of the myth of AEW when you go to an AEW show. It's like, you know. If uh, Moxley accidentally goes to the left side, everyone's like, oh, he went up the heel tunnel. He went yeah, up the yeah, heel yeah. tunnel, right? right. So, um, but maybe yeah, they again, wanted to get rid of that. Maybe they wanted to get rid of that. Yeah, m- maybe. But again, at the end of the day, um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. I need some time with it. Yeah, no, it wasn't like it was a drastic overhaul yes, and totally yeah. went the wrong direction or something. And, you like know what? That. And I wonder if that's what, what it was, is that like they really, really hyped like new dynamite, new dynamite. And then we saw it and I'm like. Yeah, I mean, it looks all right, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have hyped it exactly. that much. <laughs> yeah, know? right. It wasn't that big of a, a change, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so opening matches was set up on the TV a couple of weeks ago. Chris Jericho against Ricky Starks. So big match right out of the gate here to get everybody hooked. But Jericho comes out with uh, Parker and Menard. That's it. No one else from the JAS. Uh, so, yeah, this was a, a really great match uh, from these two guys. I thought they worked together really well. And the crowd really got quite excited with this match, too. They were into both guys, Starks as the baby face and Jericho as the heel. Um, so they got underway. They did. Starks did some great stuff early. He did the friggin' Undertaker tightrope walk with uh, Jericho very early in the match, uh, just showing uh, he, he really um, is really smooth and crisp and stuff like with that. He's really, he moves really, really well in the ring. That's for sure. And it kind of really was shown in this match. You know what though? Like I, uh, he didn't do it. Like he did it his own way where he kind of almost strutted across the ropes. You know what I mean? Like he took a step and he kind of looked and he took a step. Um, But that, yeah, that was, that was really well done. I, I thought that was a fun little spot. Um, the crowd, of course, they're chanting asshole at Jericho very early on in this match. He did give them the bird before. Yeah. The yeah. But started. this, this crowd though was hot throughout the whole night. They were, so, yeah, they were, um, 
So um, the match goes to pick and pick pretty quickly. Jericho suplexes Starks on the floor. They go to the break. Uh, oh, Jericho's yeah, that, that looked painful, man. Ouch. It did. Well, From think the about apron. It, suplex, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, to the floor off like well, that. And it was both guys, too. Like, both yeah. Jericho and Ricky Got a hit. Yep. Yeah, they were yep. not happy about that, so. Uh so yeah, so and and out of that Jericho ends up taking control, and when they come from uh, uh, back from the break, they're in the ring, and Jericho's in control. Uh, Jericho's laying in the chops. Starks comes back with a lariat, a drop kick. Uh, Starks did a liger bomb for a near fall, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, eventually, Jericho gets the walls, and he gets it on tight. He's just sitting right on the the small of the back basically and he's got it on for quite a long time and starks is struggling he's trying to make it to the ropes jericho pulls him back to the center um he keeps still trying to get back to the ropes there eventually he's getting to the ropes he's getting into the ropes but then parker and menard they start uh interfering here and parker actually uh, distracts aubrey and then menard he's got the baseball bat and he corks ricky starks in the head with the baseball bat so that pretty well like he kind of they were almost selling like he'd gone out gone cold out he'd gone out cold that was it aubrey notices he's in the walls he's not really doing him she's starting to count he's he's like you know they're checking the arm he's checking the arm but of course starks he doesn't he doesn't back down the arm stays up and he eventually turns it over and he fights his way out of it he even gets an inside cradle for a near fall and then he gets the ddt and the spear and and I have to say, I'm not surprised he pinned Jericho to win. The crowd totally loved this. They were completely happy with it. Um, and then, of course, we had to have the post-match beatdown. It just seems to be the way things go today. The JAS ran out instantly. They beat down Starks. But then, of course, Action Andretti, who got fireballed by Jericho, uh, he came running down. He had a chair. He cleaned house. Um, he had some kind of makeup around the one eye, definitely selling the idea that he had been burned by the fireball. No, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. He so they took him to the back room and they sandpapered his face. That's what they. Yeah, the Ricky Steamboat <laughs> sandpaper. They, you know what? I would that would not surprise me. That's right. That <laughs> infamous story with Flair and Steamboat, where that they did that angle where Flair rubbed his face in the floor, mm-hmm. and Steamboat actually took a sand, uh, yeah, sandpaper and sand a part of his face to make it look I, I, that Actually, from what I remember, they held his arms and Harley Race did it. <laughs> so, was it? Yeah. 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 Harley Race was the one that sandpapered him as they were holding Ricky, Rick Steamboat, and Steamboat was like, you know, like, he was not happy. That's <laughs> crazy, that eh? So crazy. Um, so, yeah, anyways, sandpaper, makeup, whatever it was, Action Andretti comes running down, cleans the house with the chair, Um but eventually, Anna Jay, she's out there as well. She low blows uh, Andretti. They beat him down, and they throw him out of the ring. And then they set up a table on the outside, and Jake Hager, he power bombs Starks off the apron right through the table. And that's basically where the whole thing uh, ends. So Starks get the win. Jericho loses twice in a row, and uh, Action Andretti is still in the mix as well. Well, that and Jericho gets his heat back because the, the the crowd was like that was massive heat at the end, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I but I'm not surprised. Not so much because it starts, but I really do think that that's the storyline now. They're going to do some sort of thing with Jericho where he keeps he, losing. Yeah, he loses yeah. a few and gets. I don't know if he gets like 
despondent and it ends up leading to a babyface turn down the road. But uh, I think something's going on here. But uh, regardless, good match, good showcase for Starks and certainly doesn't have hurt him to have him uh, beat Jericho. That's for sure. And you know what? Good on uh, Action Andretti, too. Got a little bit of shine on him. He got a little bit of, uh, you know, the advantage with the chair. And then, you know, ultimately the the heels had the uh, the numbers and, and, you know, beat down the baby faces. And the story continues. Okay, so after this, they went to break. They came back. Tony's in the ring with Hangman Page. Uh, he gets a pretty good pop when he comes out. Uh, Tony said, Moxley wants a match in L.A. Can you go in the ring? Because that's been the storyline that he's been hurting and he can't get medically cleared. Page said he wanted to come out and tell us he was good to go. But as of today, he's still not medically cleared to compete. Whatever it is he has. He has still not been cleared. And he said, I was told that if I came out here and I fight with John, it will set me back. And that's not what I want. He goes, I want the same as John Moxley. That match next week at the forum. If I take the red eye home tonight and I get that last brain scan and it comes out good, then I'll be cleared for next week at the forum. He goes, I don't care if it's in the ring or in catering or on the roof. I will fight John Moxley. And he goes, I will knock your dick in the dirt. (laughs) I thought was a weird way to kind of sum up. It's kind of like one of those phrases to me where I think when you think of it, you think it sounds tough, but then when you say it, you're kind of like, yeah, like it, yeah. In your head, it sounds great. But then when it comes out, you're like, Oh yeah, that might've been a swing and a miss. So Yeah. yeah. Well, that was kind of weird. So anyways, So that's the plan. He needs to get cleared. Uh, Moxley comes out at this point. He gets into the ring with Paige. Uh, Tony just disappeared. Because he was holding the mic for Paige. Paige wasn't one of those guys that came out and took the mic. But when Moxley came out, (laughs) Tony was gone. So there we go. Uh, there's the ch- crowds very much into this. They're chanting for Moxley. Uh, Moxley said he was surprised page was even there after everything you've been through. He's being kind of sarcastic, obviously when he said that kind of condescending, he goes, I'm tired of people taking something beautiful and treating it like an accident. I'm tired of the flowers and sympathy cards and the candlelight vigil for hangman page. And then at this point, because it was playing out fine on TV, but at this point, the crowd's chanting, we can't hear you. So yeah, okay, that's was what wrong. was going something on. Something was wrong with the PA in the building, yet you could still hear it on television, which is not usually what happens. When a mic screws up, that's it. Everybody's screwed. So I don't know what was going on there because that was very weird. See, and, so, and then that ex- that explains why – because, like, he said the line again, come, like, after yeah. he got, like, the, the new mic, and I was like, you said that already – and in my head, I'm thinking that's Moxley's usually better than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no. Because if well, if you watched it, what happened was, yeah, apparently they couldn't hear him. So he gets another mic, and he starts, and it, and it apparently it died again, like they couldn't yeah, hear it. Yeah, yeah. And then just as it comes back. He, he dropped an F-bomb. I don't know if he caught it. <laughs> yeah, I he did. Goes, he goes, oh, the f- uh, what the fuck are we doing or something like that. And I'm like, and it's like, it was just one of those random things where the mic came on yeah. right as he said that. And then he knew, and yeah, then he repeated that line leading into it about the candlelight vigil and all that stuff again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, oh, that was a can, weird one. Can, can I also say, too, like, um, you know, even though 
they were having issues. And again, it's live TV. You're in front of like whatever it was, 10,000 people. Like Mox still got it back though because he goes, okay, go Seahawks. Now let's get this back on track. And that got the crowd immediately back on his side. And I'm like, wow, that's that's pro, man. I thought that yeah. was pretty impressive. Yeah. And so he goes, he goes, when I think of wrestling for two months with a torn tricep and being shipped off to India, he goes, no one has got knocked down more times than me. And he goes, when I think of the plates of crap I've had to eat and the miles and miles of crap I've had to crawl through, it makes me sick to hear you play the victim just because you got knocked out. He goes, that makes me sick. Then at this point, he kind of pauses. Paige takes the mic from him and said, you think I'm mad at you because you knocked me out? He goes, I've been knocked out more times than I can count. He goes, I've been knocked out by enemies, strangers, even my best friends. He goes, it's an unfortunate part of what we do, and I would never be mad at you for that. He goes, what I'm angry about is how you called me out here, and when I stood face to face with you, you wouldn't let me get a word in before you made a joke. You nearly took my career and changed my life, and you wanted to crack a joke about it? He goes, I think you did it because in that moment you felt threatened. Because I know John Moxley, and the first thing he would do if he was knocked out was come back for revenge. And he goes, and that's what I'm here for now. I've had a month to think about what you said to me, and two months since you knocked me out with a lariat. And I have two in the chamber with your name on them, and you get them at the forum. And so Moxley wraps it up quickly and said, uh, the only joke around here that I think is funny is the fact that you think next time is going to be any different. Your little punk ass doesn't belong in the ring with me. And next week, I'm going to make sure you don't get back up. And he left. And that was basically the end of the segment. So this is kind of a weird one because you kind of see both guys as baby faces, right? And it's like, yeah, I'm kind of yeah, kind of torn on who to root for here. Like, you're right. I like both guys, but I, I didn't quite get where adam page was going like it took a bit like mox is very like when you, he does his promos you you know where he's going right like he's very good at yeah. you know getting the picture across i kind of felt that page was okay but he was meandering a little bit right like you know you know like the whole thing about i'm not mad at you and, and like you know because you knocked me out i'm mad at you because you made a joke I'm like okay like you know what i mean i was like where are we going here whereas you know with with Mox, like the one the one part that I really liked about Mox's promos when he was like, you know, I'm sick of the flowers, the sympathy cards and the ongoing candlelight vigil for Hangman Page. You know, the like, I, I love that. I thought that was great. It's like, yeah, right. like this is a tough sport. Yeah, you got hurt, but tough it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I, I did, for the most part, enjoy this segment, but I did think it went a tad too long. Yeah, and I, I just have a it's a weird dynamic, I guess. So Paige is the the heel for complaining about getting hurt once while Moxley's the baby face. Yeah, like ex exactly ex exactly. That's what I, that's what I'm you know, like when he talked about his tricep injury that like, that was from WWE, he didn't complain about it. He just went out and did his thing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. So but but again, I I also I, I you know, I, I'm I also I'm cool with Adam Page because I, you know, like it's. It, I'm sorry the guy got hurt and I want to see him do well, but yeah, like this was just. A, it, you're right. It was a weird, weird promo. dynamic. And, and again, I think dynamic, it, you know? it went it went a little too long too. Like uh, I just thought at one point I was just like, okay, can we let's wrap it up, please? Yeah, right? I was just kind of confused by the whole thing. I was kind of like, I don't really know who the heel or the baby yeah, is yeah. here. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so after this, they had this crazy Joe promo, man, where he's going, it's pre-taped. He's like, let me tell you the tale of Darby Allen, the little dead boy that could. I love this. I love this. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> the little dead boy that could. And then they showed a clip of Darby and he says he wants his championship back. Um, uh, and uh, Samoa Joe goes, the king punished him all around the building. The king had bigger fish to fry like Wardlow. And the little dead boy decided to come out and get in my business. He goes, and now that you had your pep talk on how it's all going to work out, little dead boy, you're going to walk up to the one and only king of television and pay the price for your insolence. And that's that's the main event on the show tonight. Darby Allen getting a title shot against so Samoa Joe for the TNT title. So this vignette was the everything opposite of the Mox Adam Page thing. It was short. It was to the point. Totally clear. You knew who the bad guy was. Like, this was just really good. Little dead boy. Hey, little dead <laughs> boy. That was great. The little yep. dead boy who could. That was yeah. That was awesome. Amazing. Okay, so uh, after this, we go into a title <sighs> match. Yeah. <laughs> As we both sigh heavily, uh, we go into the tag team title match here. The acclaimed defending against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I mean, Joe, if you if this is uh, you're listening free for the first time, Joe and I have made it very obvious that we're not really happy about seeing Jeff Jarrett uh, here in AEW. Uh, well, okay, hang know. on. Let, let, let's correct that in front of the camera. Yeah. Backstage, okay. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Fair Backstage, enough. I'm cool with him being a producer or helping with the business in well, front of the camera. To help with live events or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. In front of the camera, though, I no, no, thank you. <laughs> so, of course, singing uh, Sanjay come out with um, Jarrett and Lethal. I don't, yeah. Again, it just kills me when I see them together. And again, I get the Sesame street thing. It's like one of these things is not like the other man, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, take him out of there, man. It's like, yeah. Sing Sanjay uh, lethal. Perfect. Done. Um, of course you claim they rap. They mentioned Karen angle. They mentioned Dixie Carter. They mentioned Andrew Tate. And this was great. They said TNA means nonstop acclaimed. Oh, yeah, I, that's right. That was really I good. thought that was just brilliant, man. I they got us keep saying that total nonstop acclaimed. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I, I of would course, say that this is one of their better raps, too. <laughs> like, they're well, see, but they've got a solid they've got a really good subject. I'll give them that. Right. Jared yeah. is providing them with some meaty material. Right. Yeah, he, he even he even brought up the, the Karen Angle thing as yeah. well. Right. So, oh, or yeah, Karen Jarrett yeah. thing. Right. So yeah, Karen Angle, Dixie Carter, Andrew Tate, like he did. They, these guys had lots. And obviously, Jared, he's a he's a carny. So he's going to let them say whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, they got lots of good material. Um, of course, Billy Gunn is with the acclaimed. Uh. They worked over Lethal for a little while to get things going. Bowens did the – it's called the Scissor Me Timbers now, I guess, where yes. he does the leg uh, drop between the legs. Like it's kind of like the Dudley Boys old what's up, yeah. but instead of doing the headbutt like Devon would do, uh, Bowens comes off and does a leg drop between the crotch. So it's called the Scissor Me Timbers. They did that. They gave one to Jarrett as well. Um, when they eventually did the three-man scissor between the acclaimed and uh, gun there, they all the crowd just went nuts. But 
it ended up with Billy Gunn getting tossed out of the match because of that. And they went to break. It's still blowing my mind how many people are making giant pairs of scissors. Oh, I, you know what, though? It's great. I love like, that. I love and, it. And that's the thing. I hope I hope the acclaim just ride this out. Like, ride it for as long as you can. And then once it's done, just move forward, man. It's so, so. great. I, oh, I you know what? The one thing that I thought was pretty funny, too. I guess this was kind of inside, quote unquote. This is before they go into the pick and pick. Um Max Caster did like an angle slam and he did like the thing that angle does where he hops around and he even right. did like an ankle lock. And I was right. like, Ooh, like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yep. That was good. That was good. Uh, yeah. So, and yeah, I, shortly after that, as you mentioned, they went to pick and pick, uh, Jarrett and lethal are in control at that point. Uh, at one point lethal tries to do his macho man elbow off the top on Bowens, but Bowens rolled out of the way. He got the tag. Caster gets in there. He gets to run wild for a, a while. Um, he did a crossbody off the top uh, to try to pin Lethal, but Jarrett broke up the pin. Uh, Lethal ends up getting the figure four on Bowens, and Caster gets beat up on the outside by Singh and Sanjay, and the refs see that, so those two are thrown out of the ringside area as well. Uh, Jeff Jarrett got the stroke. Lethal went for the pin, but Bowens had his foot on the rope, but the ref didn't see it. So, boo! These guys are the friggin' tag champs now. Brutal. Lethal and Jeff Jarrett win the titles. Uh, another ref comes down, tries to tell Aubrey what happened, and oh, lo and behold, my heart attack is prevented. And. <laughs> They decide to start the match again. See, dude, I fooled you all. I fooled you all. Dude, when 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 they got that three count initially, I was like, what the F? Um, yeah. That was almost my what the F moment for 2023. Right yeah, already. <laughs> um, which, by the way, is coming up. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, and then, you know, I was like, thank God for Aubrey. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, the, the, another ref ran down there. And so... Um, they they restarted they restarted the match, uh, but it, when this always happens, whenever they restart a match like this, you always get a quick finish. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and very quickly, Bowens rolled up Lethal for the pin, and they kept the titles. Yeah, it'd be pretty foolish to take the titles off the acclaimed at this point in the game. I agree. I agree. Although one thing, um, you mentioned that Singh got kicked out of the ringside area with like Dutt, right? Yep. My my, this is a very small critique, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there, okay? Because he's a, he's a, he's obviously a giant. He's a big dude, right? I don't want to see a giant giving the finger to the crowd. You know what I mean? Like he's he should be bigger. Like he's big. Just let him like look angry, even yell and looking at the refs. But when he gives the finger, like that's what you and me would do, Dan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like did he guys, do that? I didn't. Yeah, catch like that. like cause cause like everything like he's getting. He's getting pushed or uh, kicked out of the ring, and he's yelling at the refs. Then he gives the refs the finger, and I'm like, no, don't do – you wouldn't yeah. see Omos do that. You wouldn't right. see the yeah. Big Show do that. You wouldn't see right. Undertaker do that, right? So, yeah. like, it just made him look kind of it, – it it shrunk him down a little bit is what I'm getting at. And, I again, I know that that's really nitpicky, but that's, like, kind of the wrestling historian fan in me No, I think that's thing. fair. You're right. You know? He doesn't need to resort to that stuff. Yeah. That's a little tiny like, guy. Like, right? let Sanjay Dutt do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let let Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, fine, but not that guy. Keep that guy special. Keep him a giant. Keep him intimidated. Very intimidating, you know? 
Okay, so after this, um, it's the pre-tape. It's Tony sitting down with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker for a little interview. He says, everyone's talking about the big tag match with next week and you two against Soraya uh, and her partner, but who's going to be her partner? No one seems to know. Soraya hasn't noticed or announced who her partner is. Uh, Britt said, look, the bigger question here is, will she ever get it? Soraya doesn't get what AEW is, what it means to us and our fans. And then Hayter said, she doesn't understand what we mean to AEW or what it means to me and Britt. She goes, we're AEW originals. Uh, Britt says, both Jamie and I had rocky beginnings. It took us a little bit to figure out what the hell we were doing. And that is totally true. That's legit. Britt, remember, Britt had a horrible time getting started. And even Hayter had the rocky. She's much better than she was. So, well, dude, I, I remember even like at the beginning of this whole AEW thing, like even I think it was even at like All In or whatever, we were kind of like, you know, who's this Jamie Hader person? You know, she's she's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we we weren't very we weren't very up on on either of these women when they first came in. Yeah, so I thought that was great the way they referenced that. Um, uh, she goes, we worked our way to the top of the women's division and Jamie is world champion. And what Soraya doesn't understand is that last week she had two of the best female wrestlers in the world standing right next to her. So whoever she's looking for, Sheeta and Tony Storm, whether we like them or not, and then she goes, we don't, they are fantastic pro wrestlers. How has she not decided on a partner yet? And Tony says, well, maybe she just wants you to think about it. And Britt said, maybe you made an impact, but Jamie is the champion. I'm the boss. She's the killer. I'm the pillar. I love that. That was that has got to be. They got to use that. They yeah. got to keep using that. They got that's a great tagline. Awesome. Right. Yeah. And then she did. Yeah. Yours truly DMD, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that line. She's the killer. I'm the pillar. That's got to be cap. That was a great line. So these two were great. And this was basically teasing the idea of it's like, well, Soraya, you had the two best girls beside you we don't like them but how could you not pick one of them yeah and, and we shall see what happens later in the show th- this was a i really i really enjoyed this this mm-hmm. vignette. You know, yeah like, like again it's not very often that i'll say that i enjoyed uh, other people's promos over john moxley and a john moxley segment i definitely enjoyed this one over the, <laughs> the adam page john moxley segment this was this was really well done Okay, so after this, uh, we have a really quick little Jungle Boy promo. Uh, Thank God it was quick. (laughs) It was quick. It was pre-taped in advance. He says, after last year, I wasn't sure there was anybody I could count on. You know, talking about all the problems with Luchasaurus and Christian. He goes, but maybe I spoke too soon. He goes, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty, Stokely, you've made it very clear that you are looking for a problem. And he goes, how about next week in my hometown of L.A. for one night only? And then Hook, as right as he says that, Hook walks into the frame. And then Jungle Boy says, Hook and I take care of business. So it is going to be Hook and Jungle Boy working as a team here. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Weird. It's kind of weird. Like, here, here's the thing. You and I discussed this last week about how... Um, like how, uh, like Hook and, and, and Jungle Boy, right? Like, okay, here, let's put it this way. I believe Jungle Boy and Hook are like, um, you know, five foot, 
like let's call it five foot eight, five foot nine in that area. Okay. So is Lee Moriarty. So it's you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of like two short dudes versus like a shorter dude and then a giant. And I'm like, I don't and it's I get that Hook is being booked as this killing machine, but yeah, there's just something I I just don't get this. <laughs> I don't understand this. It's not it's not computing. Well, it's it's so weird, Joe, because what it's it's this weird thing with AEW is that they do this great job of building these guys up, and then the follow up just seems to not happen. I mean, Jungle Boy again built up very strongly. The whole team with Luchasaurus, we have the breakup and and that, and then now he just seems to be both Christian and Luchasaurus are gone. Yeah, and he let, seems to yeah. be just left, and it's it's almost like what happened with Wardlow. You built him up. Oh, he had it totally yeah. set up for this guy to be hot, and then you just kind of let it be wasted. It's then, it's and, very and, strange. I don't get. I don't understand it. Yeah, like again, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to say I hate it, but it just doesn't make sense to me. And no, it makes no sense to me. And like again, it almost seems like it's a placeholder thing. Like, I, why are we even going here? It's Jungle yeah, Boy should yeah. be moving into something more significant than this, right? Yeah. Like, so. and look, I, I don't like. Here's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to crap on it either because I do like Lee Moriarty, and I think W or Big Bill. I think that guy. You know, give him a chance. Like, I, I don't have a problem with it, but. Just yeah, like it's it's you're you're putting Jungle Boy, who's arguably one of your hotter stars, and a and homegrown this, talent as well, right? Yeah, like, and th- and this is kind of a step down right now. It you is. know what I mean? So it totally is like it's just it's just so weird. They get these guys to great spots, and then they just yeah, seem to and then they don't know what to do with them the when they get there. Just, yeah, it's really weird. Uh, so next up, very quick match here: Brian Danielson against Tony Nese. Uh, Josh Woods and uh, Sterling there are with Nice. Uh, the crowd's very pumped up for Brian. They're going crazy. Uh, nice does get a bit of an advantage early from help with both Woods and Sterling. Uh, but Brian gets control. He lays in lots of kicks, lots of chops. Crowd is just going nuts for him. They just love Brian so much. Uh, he got the flying knee. Then he stomped Nice's head in. To the delight of the crowd, he's just like stomping on the guy's head. And the crowd's like, woo! They're just loving it. I uh, got the label lock on. Of course, Nice uh, submitted. Oh, did you watch um, Omega and Osprey, or did you have a chance? Probably not, eh? I have. I, I mean, I I listened to uh, Boris and Matt on the Bam podcast. Actually, let me let me give you my my Wrestle Kingdom experience so far. Okay. Okay. So I. I I'm not gonna say I was trying hard not to, but I I wasn't looking at spoilers, right? Oh, you know, I saw I, your tweet about yeah, melts. Yeah, so so I, I wasn't I wasn't looking at spoilers, you know. But but it, like again, don't get me wrong, this is all tongue in cheek shit, okay? But what happened was I got up, you know, I got ready for uh, was getting ready for work, and I you know I grabbed my iPhone, I opened Twitter. What's the first tweet I see? It's Dave Meltzer announcing the winner of Osprey versus Omega. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, you know uh, what I mean? Like the very first tweet at the top yeah. of my timeline is that. And I'm like, uh, I was like, and, and, and I mean this with much love and respect and I don't normally swear, but fuck Dave Meltzer. Okay. So then after that, all right, I'm like, okay, don't look at anything wrestling. Like I, I actually avoided the board for, for a bit and I was avoiding Twitter for a bit just cause I did want to see what was going on. Okay, next up, all right, I obviously listen to our podcasts, okay? So I notice, hey, there's a new podcast, and it's the BAM podcast, right? Yeah, stupid-ass me reads the liner notes, and uh, 
and 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 Boris, who I believe writes it, Boris Aguilar, he's one of our podcasters. He he writes the result of the Okada versus Jay White match, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> right? uh... So again, with much love and respect, fuck Boris and Matt. Um, and then I just said, screw it, I might as well spoil it. So I listened to the Bam podcast because if I, I figured if I was gonna spoil it, I would rather spoil it listening to Boris and Matt than anybody else. Well. Uh, so so I guess you haven't seen it then yet. You haven't seen either of the matches, though, I've, right? So I'm kind of stupidly OCD with stuff. So even though I know that Omega – uh, sorry. Even though I've heard Omega and Osprey is awesome, like the fact that um, Boris and Matt – and a whole bunch of people actually are already calling it match of the year. And we're what, five days? Insane, Joe. Yeah, we're it five days insane. in. And I, I and here's the thing, knowing Osprey and Omega, I don't doubt it. Like now, I'm not saying it will be match of the year. Like, let's get that out of the way. But like I've heard it's very good. However, because of my weird wrestling OCD, if I'm gonna watch Wrestle Kingdom, I'm going to watch it from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily like jumping to matches because you want to get kind of the whole vibe of the, the show, the feel of the right? show, yeah. So I did watch the first dark match with, and I don't remember, I don't know names because I don't, just don't know that and New Japan roster very much. But it was, it was a guy in a red singlet versus one of the one of the young lions. It was a draw, um, and then there was this weird tag team match that went on, or some sort of elimination match. Now. Keep in mind, because it was the pre-show, I was also watching another show kind of side-by-side right. side on my computer. Yeah. Um, so, like, so far, though, it seems okay. But, again, I'm I'm at match three of the pre-show. So, yeah. and and with the way that I'm watching right now, I probably won't get through it till next week. So, ask me next week what I thought of Wrestle Kingdom. I, well, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't watch it all either. But I, I – and I, I, yeah, I skipped the pre-show. But I have to get up that early in the morning, right? So right. by the time I got to work and I set myself up to just kind of have it on in the background, uh, Saber, Jack Sa- uh, Zach Saber's match had just finished. So I saw that. And uh, uh, I'd be curious to what you see about Mudo's uh, final match because he they had it, the, the tag match. I saw the tag match with him and Tanahashi there. Uh, so curious to see what you say about that. And... Um, uh, I had a. I went and made a cup of tea when Carl Anderson and Tom were there were having their match. Yeah. Uh, no. And again, I, I'm just curious. But to see you gotta see Omega Osprey was just like and like Omega afterwards. I'm like, good. It's it's a good thing that they um, booked the trios match to be a week later. Although Omega still ends up wrestling the very next night at New Year's Dash, anyways. For yeah. You, oh man, I hope he's okay. So him and Okada did a tag at New Year's yeah. Dash, right? So oh, up, anyways, hang on. Before you go further with the show, I found an, an, just a bit more on the Vince McMahon thing. Apparently, as per the Wall Street Journal, okay, he plans to return. Vince is returning to the WWE to potentially pursue a sale of the business, according Whoa, to, yeah, according to people thing. familiar with the matter. Now, again, allegedly. Speculation, grain of salt, speculation, but that's from Uh the Wall. That's from a Wall Street Journal Uh, uh, article. You know what? This is so weird because these are like this. All this stuff is happening that I never thought would happen in my lifetime. Like I never thought that weed would get legalized in my lifetime. I never (laughs) thought that Vince McMahon would sell the WWE ever. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that sounds wow. Hmm, Yeah, and and, and, the story 
it's gotten a lot more interesting now. Yeah, like, and look, I know that there's, again, people who are listening, patrons or non-patrons alike, please understand, speculation. allegedly speculation. Speculation. <laughs> but just throwing it out speculation. there, that's all. Speculation, yes. Oh, yeah, we're just having fun with it. It's speculation. Okay, all right, so we finished with uh, Brian and Tony Nice. So the match is done. Uh, it was quick, so that gives Danielson some time to talk. So he grabs a microphone. Um, you know, he pulled a Mick Foley. He said it's great to be home because, you know, he lives nearby in Aberdeen. They were in Seattle. Uh, he goes, I'm feeling a little froggy, and I'm ready for another fight. MJF, get your ass out here. So this started off a very long uh, promo segment between MJF and uh, Brian here. So MJF's music hits, lots of booze right away. He's getting booed, which is just what you want. He said, ah, brain-damaged Brian. You want me to come to the ring and wrestle you, right? He goes, how about no? (laughs) Unlike you, I don't get my rocks off putting my body on the line to entertain these schmucks. So there you go. You've got the dynamic kind of right away within those two or three sentences because everyone knows Brian is the work horse that goes out and does that stuff for the fans. And MJF is the, just the most evilest of heel and will do the least amount of work to get what he wants. Uh, he goes, I don't care about these people. He goes, and you're a mark and I'm fully aware. He goes, I got a big check coming in the mail whether I wrestle or not. And he goes, That's what makes me a special attraction. But I'll give you this. These people clearly love you. They chant your name over and over. And I'll give you credit. You are pretty solid. Being somewhat sarcastic. He goes, this line, he goes, but I was listening to you backstage. And he goes, with all due respect, if Lance Storm and Dean Malenko were somehow (laughs) able to procreate and have a child, it would still be more charismatic than you. That was hilarious. That was a great line. Um, that, that was tremendous. And you know yeah. what? I uh, keep going, but I think Lance Storm actually tweeted a response. I'm sure to that. he did. There's no way Lance didn't catch that, right? He's watching everything. I'm sure he did. Um, he said, just because you look like a goat doesn't make you a goat. And goat <laughs> means obviously greatest of all time. He goes, I wouldn't be shocked that if back in 1981 in rural Aberdeen, Washington, Mama Danielson, much like the mothers here in Washington, couldn't find a human suitor. And so at this point, Brian finally breaks in and says, look, I'm glad we're making jokes because all the guys in the back talk about how your mother and how many human suitors she's had. And he says, oddly enough, enough human suitors to fill this arena. And he goes, she might even have human suitors in this arena right now. Uh, this, of course, obviously, MJF, he's totally freaking out on this. Um, Brian asked him, who here has been MJF mom's suitor? <laughs> he's polling the crowd here. You uh, know what, though? Like, here's the thing. Like, MJF did a great job selling that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it will. Yeah. You know, like imagine if he hadn't sold. Imagine if he just went, yeah, whatever, right? Like that doesn't. It doesn't go anywhere. But his reactions to that, like I thought, made made that joke. You know what I mean? Yep. So MJF's just freaking. He's like, you think you're such a big deal? He goes, you really think you're the best in the world, don't you? And he goes, that's impossible because I am. 
and the Triple B, the World Championship, proves it. So who died and named you the king of wrestling? Journalists who've never been in the ring, much less out of their mom's basement? Or even worse, these marks that don't have one athletic bone in their parasitic bodies. He goes, I'm actually touted by people that have been in this business. And by this point, crowd's so mad at him. They're chanting, asshole, asshole. And he, he goes, he continues and says, top guys that put me over like Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and the <laughs> smartest man ever, and my greatest fan, Jim Cornette. But I, I literally laughed out loud because I was such a surprise to have him say that, yet so amazingly great for the hardcore audience. Well, I, even, I even, laughed out loud when he said Cornette. Even the Disco Inferno one, because Disco is like, he hates like AEW and he hates right. sort of that, you know, the, the kind of the new generation wrestling. So I thought that was, I thought that line was hilarious, man. The All three of them. Yeah. Bischoff's yeah. been very outspoken about it as well, yeah. even though he did those early appearances. But yeah. The coronet one, that just put me over the top. That was so funny. <laughs> and that at that point, Brian cuts him off and said, look, I agree with the people here in Seattle. You should just shut up. He goes, we've heard your spiel a million times. I hate you, and I think it's time for us to fight. And he starts to get out of the ring. And MJF, he's freaking out. He's he said, no, 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 no. And he, he runs over to the comment, commentator. He's, he's like, stop this guy. This guy's got anger issues. Um. He goes, you might not realize this, Brian, but I came as a favor to you. He goes, this ain't play wrestling. This is pro wrestling. Wins and losses mean something. So if you want a shot at the richest prize in pro wrestling, you have to become number one contender. And at this point, the crowd, they're mad. They're doing the shut the fuck up chant. They're really upset. He says, I figured you would stick your nose in my business. So I talked to Tony Khan and he said, if you can wrestle undefeated from now until February the 8th, you'd be the number one contender. He goes, I'm known for making my opponents jump through hoops, but I'll make an exception for you. And if you can do that, I'll give you a shot March 5th at Revolution. No questions asked. Brian, he just said no. He said, Max. You come out here all the time. He goes, I'm just going to come out here and wrestle whenever I want, become the number one contender, and beat you for that title. And MJF, he's freaking out some more. And he's like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. He goes, the e- he goes, the EVPs don't run the company. He goes, Tony Khan doesn't run the company. I do. He goes, and if you don't do what I say, my lawyer, Mark Sterling, will filibust. And he goes, you will be number one contender until my contract runs out. You will never wrestle me for this. And it's my way or no way. And Brian said, oh, man, come on, Sterling. He's a terrible lawyer. And you think you can get that done for you? He goes, I'll humor you a bit. I'll agree to your stipulation. If you agree to let me make the stipulation for the match at Revolution. And MJF said, you want to make a stip so I can cheat in front of the ref? He goes, you aren't too smart, Brian. He goes, pick any stipulation you want. And Brian said, you won't be able to do anything to get yourself DQ'd. You call yourself the best pro wrestler? He goes, this will be the real test. And this is exactly what you'd expect a guy like Brian to say. He's not going to go for a cage match or something ridiculous. He said, a one-hour Iron Man match and the crowd just erupted. They went wild for that. MJF freaks out some more. 
says, ah, all right, all right, you're on, you're on. He goes, I'm not worried because you won't make it past week one. You always choke in big match opportunities. You're a choke artist. And Brian said, we will see. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run through every single opponent you put in front of me from now until February the 8th. And when we get to that one-man Iron Man match, here's what I didn't tell you before. He goes, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expose that you don't have the cardio, you don't have the work or footwork, and the reason you don't wrestle is not because you don't care about wrestling, it's because you're not good enough to come out here every single week. He goes, after I expose you in front of all these people, I'm going to put the nail in the coffin and kick your damn head in. And that finally was the end of the segment, but it set up several weeks of story. So oh, I like it. I mean, I always like that idea where the heel gets a bunch of guys to try to stop the baby face. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. And hopefully we should get some good matches out of it, depending, I guess, who they put up against them. Like, okay, this was long, but I didn't feel like when Moxley and Paige earlier in the show did their thing. My thought was, man, this is running a little long. I was I was entertained for the most part by this entire thing. And what I what I really like, I think what, what I really liked about this sort of back and forth promo between these two was that it was it was smart. It didn't insult my intelligence. And like MJF, for example, sold everything where it's like, you know, we're going to do a one man Iron Man match. And all of a sudden he's like, what, what, what? Like, you know what I mean? And then like I also like the way for lack of a better description, the way that Daniel or Daniel Brad, Brian Danielson didn't sell stuff. So, you know, when, um, when MJF made the mom joke and then he's like, come on, really? Well, your mom's this, you know what I mean? And, um, I also like the fact that, you know, when, when he said like, um, what was it? The, um, the whole thing about, I'm going to make, you got to win until February 8th. And then, Danielson goes, no, I'm going to just keep wrestling until I win, until I become number one contender. And then MJF's like, no, no, it's that. You know, he freaks out, again, selling it. And then Danielson even puts down Mark Sterling going, really? You're going to get Mark Sterling on me? Really? You know what I mean? And as a fan who's been watching this show for a while, that's exactly the reactions I was looking for. I, I just, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a really well done promo they still got to where they needed to go, right? Yeah. They got to this this thing where Danielson's got to win, you know, um, up until February eighth, you know, and and look, you know, sometimes the obvious storyline's the best storyline, but I don't expect him to lose, and if he does, it'll be a great surprise. But you know, it's it'll be some fun television. You mentioned right out of the gate that gives us basically a month of television. Of, yep. You know what yep, I mean? Instantly. And stuff stuff to look forward stuff to. Stuff to look forward to. Who will to. they exactly. be? How will the matches yep. be? You know, it's Brian Danielson. He's going to be able to work with almost anybody. anybody so I'm yeah. really curious to see who these opponents will be, right? Yeah. Like, barring a major injury, knock on wood, we should have, we'll have at least eight or four Brian Danielson matches that you know will be good to great. And I'm looking forward to it. And then you're going to have the story in the background. How is MJF going to thwart, you know, Brian Danielson from getting those wins until February 8th. So I, I just, I really dug this whole promo thing. I thought it was smartly done. I think both guys did their roles really well. And lastly, like what I really liked was right at the end, you know, Brian was kind of like, 
you know, he was joking around a little bit. Hey, yeah, I made mom jokes and yeah, let me humor you for a sec. But then when he had to get serious and he said, I'm going to expose you like he is. He went laser focused there. I'm going to expose you. You don't have cardio. You don't have the work. You don't have the footwork. You know, I'm going to put the nail in your coffin. I'm going to kick your damn head in like that was I love the way that he punctuated that whole um, like promo right there. And then again, to MJF's credit, MJF just sold the crap out of that. Okay, so uh, after this, we had a break. Uh, they did a really quick promo thing, uh, pushing the Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian match. It's going to happen next week. Oh, no, this week, Friday night ba- at the yeah, Battle, Battle of the, the Belts. Yeah. Battle of the Belts 5, so Kip's challenging for the All-Atlantic title. Uh, after this, uh, quick match. It was Swerve Strickland against A.R. Fox. And uh, Excalibur, of course, knows everything. He was telling us how Fox had actually been a mentor for Strickland earlier in his career. I was not familiar with that. So that's kind of the story here. Um, th- it was interesting how this match played out. This was the most flip. If I could say this was the most flippy match. Oh, of the dude, night. like they did. All the these thing- guys did was flips for so much of it. Like right out of the gate. Like, yeah. I think it was like AR Fox flipped, yeah. out, flipped out of the ring. And then the other guy flipped out of the ring onto the apron. And I'm like, whoa, very athletic. I'll give you that. Yeah, it was very, very flippy. Yeah. Um, I guess the idea is kind of that they're both sort of with the same skill set, somewhat evenly matched. Uh, Swerve had his flunkies with him now, the affiliates. Um, Fox did the corkscrew brain buster, which was pretty friggin' cool for a near fall. Fox was doing all kinds like he was doing like the Ricky Steamboat skinning the cat coming back into the ring. And then the painted man, whoever he is, they haven't given his name to us yet. Uh, I think, let me let me let me get it out there though. It is Grandin Goatsman. Now, whether or not okay. that's going to be his wrestling name, right, right, but that's his real name. Okay, Excalibur just kept calling him the painted the tat- man. Yeah, yeah, painted man. Uh, so uh, Fox was skinning the cat, coming back in the ring. The painted man corked him. Swerve managed to take over. Swerve knocked him outside. They went to pick and pick. He had control of the whole break. Uh, Swerve gets a flatliner for a near fall. Fox comes back. He gets a stunner, a kick, and a cutter, and a 450 off the top. But Swerve manages to kick out. And then one of the affiliates gave Swerve something. I I never did see what it was, which allowed Swerve to give Fox a Death Valley driver off the top uh, to the apron. That looked really sick. It was a freaking crazy move. That was, yeah. Swerve did the double stomp off the top and got the pin. So there you go. Kind of a short building up Swerve match. And here's the thing. I think, I think when I watched it back, the intent was, it was Parker Bordeaux, by the way, that gave Swerve something. Okay. I I wonder, it looked like he gave him. um, Was it like like brass knucks or something? I didn't catch it. That's initially what I thought. But if if they were brass knucks, like Swerve didn't sell a strike well enough because I thought it was like you know the whole like the the old ether gimmick where you hold ether in front of someone's nose ah, and then they chloroform yeah, under yeah. his nose chloroform. yeah and, and that was the thing like he it was obviously handed him something but that I didn't think that was really executed well because I was confused it's like what did he give him because then suddenly Fox just stopped moving. You know what I mean? So yeah, hopefully yeah, they, yeah. It was weird. It wasn't clear. Yeah. So hopefully they explain it a little better. But like the execution, like 
you know how they always say you, you got to really exaggerate your movements for it to get you know across in, on stage and on TV. They absolutely right. did not exaggerate the movements there because I had no clue yeah. what that was. Me, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Um, as for the whole thing, Swerve, I'm just like, nah. I'm just kind of swear unless they do something spectacular with him. I'm not really swerving either way. Oh, nice. They, you know what? He's a good heel, but yeah, I don't get it. Like he's floundering. You know what I mean? I think. Like I, I mean, I think eventually they got to get back to this Keith Lee thing, and you've got like potentially, you know, the Keith versus Parker and Keith versus Tattooed Guy, like we call him that, um, to get to Swerve. But at this point, you know, I thought this was just a, you know, it was it was a good filler match, um, and yes, it was very flippy. I agree with you. All right, the show, the part of the show now. I have waited to get to because I want to know what Joe Aguinaldo thought about this next segment because this was very, very interesting. It's Renee. It's a pre-tape, and she's got the ladies. She's got Tony Storm. She's got Soraya in the middle and Sheeta on the other side. And Renee asked for the reaction to what Britt and Hayter had said earlier in the show. Soraya said Britt is just trying to uh, gatekeep the women's division. We just want to advance it. And she's trying to hold it back. And Storm said, God forgive, God forbid, it's any it's about anyone but them. She goes, said she said it was not cool that she got screwed out of her title by them and got her face fractured. Uh Renee asked Soraya if she's uh she'd like to announce her tag team partner for this tag match next week. Um Soraya said she's learned that AEW has the best women's division and matches in the world. She complimented both Storm and Sheeta on their matches with Hater. Uh, Soraya said she was sitting by the best wrestler in the world and turned to Tony Storm and said she would be her partner. And both Sheeta and Renee, Renee was selling this big too, were in shock that she would pick Tony Storm. Tony said they had a bond. Sheeta looked super confused, upset. And Renee was kind of like, well, uh, yeah, I guess it's official. Soraya and uh, Tony Storm. So. What do you think, uh, Joe? Some seeds here of a Sheeta turn. She's going to be a heel. Okay. Let's get a few things out of the way. You know how... Uh, so, for those of you who are not patrons, we do a worst of show every year. We just did our worst of show um, um, uh, that was released on Sunday. Last week. And if you want to check it out for you non-patrons, patreon.com slash snmeradio. Um, okay. So, here's my problem. Okay, I always have a problem with the worst of shows because, yeah, I don't like coming down on 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 professional wrestlers. Okay, 2023 though, I already got my worst female, my worst tag team, my WTF moment, and if there was an award for two biggest jerk faces, I got my award for that too. Soraya, Tony Storm, you are now to me jerk face you one, jerk face two. You are dead <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> there is absolutely I, I hope Sheeta comes back with the biggest kendo stick and lays a beating on both of them. And then you know what? Since we're since we're speculating here, I'm gonna put it out there. I want uh, Mercedes Monet to come in, join Sheeta as heel team, and then just beat the crap out of the entire women's division. Whoa. Wow. There's my 2023 prediction right there. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't think that's happening. Uh but no, seriously, what do you think about like Sheeta? Like, 
This, I, I mean, it definitely looked like that classic, like, and again, Sheeta will have reason. She'll be the heel, but she will have reason for her actions. See, I mean, here's the thing. I, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, all joking aside, okay, I wouldn't mind seeing a Sheeta heel turn because I do think she needs a, a fresh, fresh girl. Yes, paint, okay? yes. You know, she's been kind of, the, like, one of my biggest problems with Sheeta, as much as I love her, one of my biggest problems is when she's wrestling as a baby face, she does this thing where she really acknowledges the crowd and kind of yells at them. And you're like, no, just keep, keep attacking. Right. Um, I would like to see her do that in like, you know, give the crowd the finger or like, you know what I mean? Just hate the crowd. My concern though, is that like, if they try to turn Sheeta, I think they're going to turn on Soraya to be honest with you. Cause I don't think like kind of what Brit said, we are like homegrown talent. Well, Sheeta right. is homegrown talent. Right. Yeah. All right. We've already seen with Brit, who acts like a heel, that they still want to cheer her. Yeah. When it comes to Soraya, so if they do that to Sheeta, I I've got a feeling that like the crowd is not going to be happy about that, and they are going to like if this leads to a Soraya, um, Sheeta, Tony Storm type thing. I, I have a suspicion that they're going to turn on Storm and Soraya before they turn on Sheeta. Yeah, it's a weird one uh, for sure. Um, we'll have to see it plays out. Um, I mean, Sheeta's aggressive. So to have the, the fact that she can actually be a heel, she can be much more aggressive now. So I kind of look forward to seeing that. I, I, I do, too. I just look forward to her beating the crap out of both of them. How dare they besmirch the good name of Hikaru Sheeta? <laughs> All right. Uh, after this, we had the guns, Austin and Colt coming down to the ring. <laughs> um, they're dressed like they're going to a funeral. There's very somber music playing. Uh, they show a graphic up on the big screen of FTR with a tombstone, and it said FTRIP, May 27th, 2020 to that, December 21st, 2022. That was very uh, clever, by the way. <laughs> yes, FTRIP. Uh, so they make their way down to the ring and they have pictures on, um, easels of both members of FTR, the crowd already before they say anything, totally chanting asshole at these guys right out of the gate. Um, Austin uh, says, we're here to pay respects to FTR's legacy. And Colt said he had something prepared, but not sure if he could make his way through it, acting like they're sad and all that kind of stuff. He goes, FTR had a hell of a year. They traveled the world. They had the ROH, AAA, and IWGP championships, but not AEW. He goes, they called themselves seven-star FTR. He goes, but they were 10 stars in our hearts. And Austin said, you know, I've got something to say as well. He goes, as 2022 is coming to an end, their decrepit, weak, old dad bods couldn't carry the load anymore. And when the guns beat FDR clean, they lost the ROH belts, they lost the AAA belts, the IWGP belts, and started a podcast that no one listens to. He goes, their legacy took 10 years to build, and it was destroyed by the guns in 10 minutes. He said, join with us. As we celebrate the legacy of FTR with a moment of silence. So at that point, FTR's music hit and you think, okay, they're going to get their revenge, come out and beat these guys up. But it was actually the guns doing it. They're making fun of the fans for falling for it. You people are idiots. Austin said, 
that FTR was gone and that now they were the top team. And Colt even said, top guns out. And we did have nothing from FTR. So, yeah, there you go. Wow, pretty big uh, piece there for the guns. But they they came across as total jerk heels. Like, I want to see FTR beat the living crap out of them. So, I like go. I like it. I thought yep. I thought it was well done. And yep. like you know, like you want the uh, you you want to build up the heat between like with with the guns. And look, they're still a young team. I think they're they're starting to get like get a bit yeah, more develop some personality. Yeah, ex- exactly right. And like like look that win over FTR. You know how how. How long can they they stretch that out for? Like, remember Larry Zabisco would like use the right. brutal win for like forever, right. right? So, you know, FTR have that. They can use that for the next several weeks while you know FT. Sorry, the guns can use that for the next several weeks while FTR is that you know out of out of town or whatever. But I yeah, I thought I thought this was you know again I I want to come back to something that you know a lot of wrestling fans talk about and you know it's depending on your what side of the fence you're on, like AEW understandably has a lot of young talent okay we're using the young talent sometimes the young talent is going to miss sometimes they're going to hit this week they hit and especially again dan because you and i have watched this company since its inception like you can really see the growth in 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 the guns like i'm really impressed by this uh yeah exactly i feel the same way i mean the guns when they first started incredibly generic under the shadow of father and they did the good they did a good thing they set them up they broke dad away from them and they're 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 starting to turn into something that i'm actually a little bit interested to see where they go so i'm curious to see how it plays out too Okay, uh, here's the women's match for this week. <laughs> Unfortunately, it involves Jade Cargill, so I'm instantly already not interested. It's a tag. It's Sky Blue and Kira Hogan against Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. Uh, Layla Gray comes out with Cargill and Velvet. Uh, Sky Blue and Red kind of start the match. They were doing the back and forth, trying to roll up each other for near falls. Um, and then blue got the DDT on red velvet. It was like blue and red. I thought the, the colors were battling it out here. Uh, <laughs> blue got the DDT on red for a near fall. Um, this was great. This was one of the times I loved pick and pick. Cause they went to pick and pick right as Jade was tagged in. I'm like, that is perfect. <laughs> I, 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 I instantly knew that it was a pick and pick. I did not have to pay attention to, so I gladly hit that fast forward button. Um, they were teasing, obviously, some dissension here with Red Velvet and Jade. Velvet not seeming to be very happy to be working with Jade. There was one point where Jade really made her look like a goof where they she went up to tag her and she just kind of tapped her on the head like she was a little girl or something. Um, uh, Kiera and Red really had a lot of the match was Kiera Hogan and Red. Uh, um, Kira got the uh, took it to Red, gave her the kick in the corner for the near fall. Kira did the snap suplex on Red. Um, Jade eventually gets in there, does her lame ass pump kick. Just I, I just can't buy anything that she does. Um, Jade gave Korea uh, Kira Hogan there the choke slam and got in Red's face uh, like she was pissed off or something, and she set her up for the pinfall. And it was like. Come on, get the tag. Come in, pin her. And Velvet wouldn't tag, and she jumped down off the apron. 
Uh, and then Jade didn't even do the jaded, her finisher. She got a pump kick, another pump kick on Hogan, and that was it. Pinned her. Um, yeah, did nothing for me. Uh, crappy match. Couldn't care less. Not interested in the slightest. Okay, so I obviously like this match probably much better than you did. And I'm actually going to I'm gonna make a comment, Dan, but you got to let me explain, okay? I will. Okay. I thought this was one of the matches where Jade looked her best, okay? But here's why. And we've actually, we actually talked about this pretty much since Jade has been in the company, okay? She looked really good because she was in a tag team where she could do her quick offense, get her strong spots in, and then get out, right? She didn't have to carry a seven-minute match. She had to do a minute of action, get out, then let Red Velvet take the workload. So I thought Jade looked really good in this match. She looked dominant and all that stuff. Um, but really, the workhorse to me was Red Velvet and Kira Hogan. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but but I did think Jade looked good here. But again, it was because it was in short spurts. Okay, you're allowed your opinion. Uh, <laughs> uh, after that, we went into some. This was a heavy promo section. So Rampage, we've got uh, Moxley and Brian against Top Flight, which will be a pretty great match. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to hear from House of Black, which probably means a convoluted promo. Uh, Pero Pegliroso is in action. I, who is this guy? I have no uh, idea you, who this you guy You got is. me there, pal. <laughs> that was very strange. And... Uh, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker against the Renegade Sisters, where I once again went, who are the Renegade Sisters? Actually, I know who they are because I used to watch Dark quite a bit. They're not they're not bad, but I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> like, And then right after that will be Battle of the Belts, so Acclaim defending the tag titles against Jeff Jarrett and Lethal. Oh, boy, another match, this time in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, Jade versus Sky Blue for the TBS title, Ho uh. <laughs> and Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian for the All Atlantic title. Well, I don't know if I'll be checking. I'll be bothering with uh, Battle of the Belts, to be honest. I don't know if I'll be checking Rampage either. To be yeah. Honest. Uh, Dynamite next week: Moxley versus Adam Page, Britain Hater versus Soraya and Tony Storm, Brian Danielson versus Takeshita. Apparently, is the first one. Oh, dude, they, they tweeted that, and I cannot wait to see that. That match. will be really good. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be good. Uh, okay. Uh, once again, if you guys listen to the worst of show that we just did, when we talked about worst gimmick, one of the things I mentioned was combining guys' names to make a tag team name. <laughs> They've done it again. So it's going to be Jungle Boy and Hook, and they're calling them jungle hook Ugh. horrible <laughs> such a stupid idea please if anyone in aew is listening forget about the ward joes the hook housings poor hook again jungle hook put it to bed so anyways it's going to be jungle boy and hook uh taking on big bill and lee moriarty and the final match in the Death Triangle Bucks and Kenny series. Match number seven. So un- spaceships un- are allowed or whatever. I don't know. So unlike Friday, we'll definitely be checking out this card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, they did a quick little thing with Renee backstage with Jeff Jarrett, Lethal Dutt, and Singh. Jarrett's just freaking out, pacing back and forth. He's all upset about this no holds barred match. He said it was a bunch of crap out there tonight. I thought maybe he was watching Jade's match. Uh, He said it was Carney BS, 15 refs to beat us. He goes, this Friday, there is one thing that is guaranteed to happen. You're looking at new tag team champions. And then best part of the whole promo, Sanjay goes up to the camera and snaps the pencil. Loved it. Jeff Jarrett, shut up. See, here's, here's the thing, though, right? Like, if you forget the fact that it was Jeff Jarrett, that was a good promo, like you know, a bunch yes. of carnies. It was a sorry, it was a good heel promo, right? Like yeah. you know, it took fifteen refs to beat us. Like I can hear MJF saying that, right? But it's Jeff Jarrett, so, like so I don't care. Brutal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't care either. Okay, so this led us into the main event of the show, which is Samoa Joe defending the TNT title against former TNT champion Darby Allen. Uh, so Darby comes out and in the crowd, uh, Buddy Wayne's son, Nick Wayne and Buddy Wayne is one of the wrestlers that, um, taught Darby Allen. So Darby has a connection with his son who just signed an AEW futures contract. So I guess that's AEW sort of developmental well, actually, uh, thing. It, it was Allen who went to, and I can't remember what indie promo was. But Allen was the one that actually handed him the contract in the ring. Okay, so yeah. there you go. So they've, they've got a relationship for sure. Yeah, so he comes out, hugs him. It looked like that was Buddy Wayne's uh, mother, or sorry, Nick Wayne's mother there with them as well. Uh, so that's all. We've got that to start things off. And then Joe comes out, and of course, he goes after Nick Wayne in the crowd. He grabs him. Darby dives off, and uh, he dives onto Joe. And corks him with the skateboard. He chases him up the ramp. So this is one of those ones where the match doesn't start for a bit because they're they're fighting all up the ramp and stuff like that. Darby did this crazy jump off the stage. Oh, with dude! The skateboard like that... onto Joe. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant the uh, you're you're coming up to the next spot. We'll get looked... to that one. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, get to okay. that one. Don't worry. No, this was just the prelim. This was the but, hors d'oeuvre. But but the... even then, like that's a rough yeah. looking spot. Yeah. Yeah, the match hasn't even started, and he was doing the crazy spots. And then he runs back, and he comes back. Darby runs away, and he comes back with a ladder on the ramp. He climbs the ladder. He does wait, wait, a no, sub- no. This wasn't just a ladder. This was a Jeff Hardy WrestleMania yeah, special ladder. Giant, yeah, 12 feet high ladders or whatever, yeah. Um, he sets it up. He climbs to the top. He does a somersault off the top onto Joe, and he only kind of grazed him. He didn't even really hit him yeah, that well. He, he kind of almost missed him altogether. Yeah, like like so, I think I think Joe thankfully like I think he caught just enough or Joe just caught enough of him because that could have been a serious injury right there. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so all this the match hasn't even started. They brawl back to the ring, the match finally gets started once they get in the ring. Um but then they're quickly out of the ring again as well. Joe's outside. Darby dives on him off the apron. Joe catches him, choke slams him on the steps. And hard. not on the flat part of the steps, on no. the freaking steps. Like, it was hard. Oh, my God. Right on the steps, on the spine. I'm like, oh, geez. Uh, that led us to pick and pick. 
Um, and uh, this was weird too, because this was in pick and pick, but a big spot in the match is Joe had Darby up on the apron and he runs him across the apron and tosses him into the post. Darby goes flying off the post into the ringside area there. And he just laid there for a while and Joe just gloated in the ring for part of the pick and pick. And you know what? Uh, That's a smart pick and pick. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I agree. You're like, like you can, you can walk away from the TV, come back. You haven't missed anything and you know, what's what the story is. Darby's trying to get back in a ring. Yeah. Easy. Right. Uh, Joe just goes after him. He's chopping him down. He's he's beating him up. He's getting in the fans' faces. He's giving them big kicks in the chest. I mean, Joe, think about it. Joe kicking Darby Allen full force in the chest, right? That goes insane. Um, Joe goes for a big elbow drop, though, but actually misses. And um, Darby gets out of the way, dives on top of him. But then Joe drops him. But then Darby's reefing on his eyes. Like, it, it was crazy. Crowd is totally behind Darby Allen the whole time. They really want to see him win the title. Uh, Joe did the double knee breaker, uh, which was a neat move. And Tony Schiavone said he had never seen that before. Uh, he gave Joe gave him another kick and a senton. Darby still kicked out. Uh, Joe did the single leg crab, not the double, uh, but the <laughs> single leg. Uh, Darby managed to get to the ropes though. Joe gets the coquina clutch. Uh, on there, but Darby manages to power his way out of it, but Joe gets it back on him once again, and Darby starts going out fast, but his arm was up, and then all of a sudden, and I was going to write down, Darby hulked up, but Darby didn't hulk up. He stinged up, and he just hit his chest like, uh, like Tarzan, like Sting used to do when he was getting all worked up, and he got out of the coquina clutch, and he got the code red, and the coffin dropped twice, and he pinned Joe to win the title. And Sting comes out afterwards to congratulate him. And that was it. No run-ins or nothing. We just ended the show on Darby back. And I believe the first two-time TNT champion. Okay, so let me uh, let me just add something to that. So <clears throat> th- there was one point in the match near the end where Joe had ripped off the top turnbuckle. Um, and then when, um, right before the two, or right before the code red, he, uh, he hit his head on the exposed turnbuckle. So that, that definitely helped the match out. That code red on Joe was impressive. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. And you know what, Dan, like who would have thunk allowing a hometown boy to win in his hometown? <laughs> who would have thunk that? Who would have yeah. thunk that Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's one thing about AEW. They use that quite often. Like, yeah, yeah. They use that all the time with guys getting advantages in their hometown. It's very clever, very smart. And and remember how last week when Darby attacked Joe while Joe was cutting off Wardlow's hair, we kind of said, like, that ending took – like, it sort of took away. Like, they should have just either left it with, you know, like with Joe cutting his hair yes. and just standing. Yes. So I'm so glad – that there wasn't like a run in, for example, you know, uh, on, on this, they, they let him celebrate sting comes in, they celebrate a little more. They go off air. Great ending. Now, the one thing I'm disappointed in though, no mention of that ponytail. Where's Joe with the bag of hair. Joe's gotta have the bag of hair after cutting Wardlow's hair. Like really 
That was a big deal. And they did not talk about it at all this week. Wardlow was not on the show. Joe never mentioned it. Announcers never mentioned it. Like, yeah, that I was that, surprised like, that there was no follow up on that. Even just the simple thing of Joe with the promo. I've got the hair. Here it yeah, is. I've yeah. got the hair. Well, so so here I guess here's the critical wrestling fan in me coming out now. And again, th- again, this is very sort of small critique from a a feel good moment from a you know location where they were were at moment. It made sense that Darby won, but honestly, I thought Joe was going to win because like Joe just got the belt what two three weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. So. I was kind of confused about that. Now again, I don't know what the back the, the the booking plans are. Maybe this is where you know next week is where Wardlow comes back and he's like, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna come after that Ring of Honor you know uh, television title. But like I mean, Joe just started using this whole King of Television gimmick, right? Right, and all of a sudden, okay, that's well that's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So th- there was a part of me that that was pretty surprised that Darby yeah. won. Yeah, but me too. Oh. Don't, yeah, I was too. Absolutely. Yeah. I did not expect it to change. I mean, I know Darby is a strong homegrown to- talent and they want to keep him strong, but I didn't expect it. And I, I don't necessarily think this is the best thing. I kind of wanted to see Joe have it for a while. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I get why they did it. I think this was just more like a television type thing, I guess. But uh, but I thought Joe really should have kept that belt and he should, you know, he should have been. Like this match, this match almost shouldn't have even happened. Like we should have had strong follow up to Joe and Wardlow from last week. Like why wasn't there a Wardlow promo talking about what happened? You're going to tell me he needs to recover from a haircut? Like, come on, he should have done a promo. Joe should have been blatant with it. You want to get the guy over as a jerk heel. He's got the bag of hair. Like, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was weird, and I yeah, I don't. It to me, it hurts the, if they're going to continue with Wardlow and Joe. It hurts that to me. Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, the, the, I I thought the better storyline um, would be Wardlow chasing the belt with Joe. Yeah, and, and and again, you had just gotten some momentum behind it uh, behind Wardlow, and I'm not look, I'm not I'm not saying that they won't they won't do it, but it's just that like. Again, I want to, you know what? I need to see what happens next week because if Wardlow and Samoa Joe, if that story stalls for another week or two, that's oh. going to be a problem, right? Oh yeah, major. Honestly, it. I don't. I just. I don't really understand it. I don't think after last week, I don't think Joe should have been defending this week, and I don't. I certainly don't think he should have been dropping it. They really should have played up on the. The whole thing with Wardlow and the hair, like yeah, like like it's like, like think about it, think about this. When friggin' Stud and Ken Patera cut Andre's hair, think about it. Did they did they follow up the next week? Fucking right, they yeah, did. Yeah, they were they all did, over yeah. it. Oh, he fuck Stud walked around with that bag of hair for months on end. They showed the footage. They constantly talked about it. Like, come on, yeah, like, like, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't have put Darby in the main event in his hometown. I got no problem with that, but like. You could you could have done another match, and, and he still... could have lost, and it would have not mattered at all. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like you could have put Darby in another match, not against Samoa Joe. Hey, no, you could have right? still had it, and Darby could have lost. It wouldn't have hurt yeah, yeah. Darby. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, again, I, I'm glad he won. I'm happy for the dude. Like it's all good, but I just thought the wrong person won. Even though I, I'm not gonna say I didn't enjoy yeah, the match. I did, I just... but I just thought storyline wise, it didn't make sense. And no, I, I, I gotta say, man, like. 
this is all joking aside. I posted this on our Facebook page, but like, I really, really hope Darby is able to walk at the age of 40. Cause some of the right. stuff this guy does like, like you, the, that choke slam under the steps, not the flat part, the steps. Yeah. That's insane. You're like, yeah. you like, you cannot do that very often. And Darby seems to do it every match, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. That's our thoughts on the program. Uh, the other thing we like to do, if you're a first-time listener, is we go through the ratings if they're out. And now by this time, they should be out, are they not? They are. And um, All right. So uh, let's start with the, the good news first. Uh, once again, AEW was ranked fourth in the demo. Um, but they dropped – again, I don't remember what last week was, but it, I think they either dropped or they're around the same area that they were last week, and that was like 864,000. Now, to give you an idea of what, what else was going on, you had basketball – well, mainly basketball and sports is what beat them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, not the greatest – I'm not again, I don't want to say not the greatest number because that's not the right expression, but certainly not where they were – I'm, I'm going to say previous to – I hate to say it, but previous to brawl out. So right. like, um, so anyways, yeah, they're the 864,000 fourth in the demo, you know, like not, not, not great. Not the million that they used to be at, but not horrible. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. It seems to have definitely dropped off a bit. And, but yeah. then again, also think about the time of year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, look, I mean, coming off Christmas and that, like, yeah, not w- everybody w- might be watching. Exactly, like WWE's, you know, viewership is is down because it's not only is it like not down down, but it's like you've got holiday Monday, down. Yeah, it's holiday. You got Monday Night Football happening. Like so, you know, like and that's the reality of of where we're in for the season, so to speak, is that you've got basketball, you've got football playoffs coming up, you've got like there's a lot of competition, um, you know, out there in television land, and you know. Like AEW and WWE, for that matter, you know they they have to put on good shows if they want people to watch. It's bottom line. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, is there anything else before we put this baby to bed that you'd like to discuss? Talk, crab. No, I, I I I think we're good. We've been we've been going for a pretty good time. Again, I just want to uh, mention that for you know the non patrons out there, if you if you do like what you hear and you want to hear more stuff, uh, you know check out patreon.com slash SNME radio. We have got all your wrestling needs covered. We've got a raw show. We've got NXT talk. We've got all elite weekly. We've got a rampage ramble. We've got the smack daddies who do SmackDown, And then for everything else, you've got bam. Yes. And that truly is everything else because they cover pro wrestling and they cover a lot of regular sports as well. So you get lots of stuff out of those guys. Plus, uh, I my music show that I do for CIUT here in Toronto that is also in there. You get to hear that show every week as well. So lots of good, lots of good stuff happening if you want to sign up. Absolutely. Okay, so that's it. Uh, Joe and I are out of here. We'll be back again next week with another review. But until then, old guys out. <laughs> So there you have it. I hope that you like what you listen to. And just remember, you can get that show and every other show that we produce. If you are a patron and to join, all you'd need to do is go to patreon.com slash SNME radio. And it costs you $5 every single month. 
We hope to see you there. And just remember, stay tranquilo.